reluctantly crouched at the starting line. Engines pumping and thumping in time. The green light flashes, the flags go up. Churning and burning, they yearn for the cup. They deftly maneuver and muscle for rank. Fuel burning fast on an empty tank. Reckless and wild, they pour through the turns. Their prowess is potent and secretly stern. As they speed through the finish, the flags go down. The fans get up and they get out of town. The arena is empty, except for one man still driving and striving as fast as he can. The sun has gone down and the moon has come up. And long ago, somebody left with the cup. But he's driving and striving and hugging the turns and thinking of someone for Welcome to Talking Giants Midweek Slash Game Preview Show. Because it's Monday Night Football, we're doing a little bit of a film review, a little bit of a mailback, and a little bit of the preview of the Jets game. Although, we usually get into a lot of X's and O's of what the Jets do and how I counter it. We're going to talk more about the Giants than that. Anyways, I'm your co-host, Bobby Skinner, coming to you from Florida on the East Coast. On the north side of the East Coast, I'm here with my co-host, Danny King. Danny, Monday Night Football is kind of in the rear view. We got some things to clean up from it. How are you doing? How are you feeling about 2-7? And, seven? and uh, you know, how are you feeling going into uh, the MetLife Bowl week? To be quite honest with you, I thought you accidentally said when you – I thought you meant to say Thursday Night Football, and but I forgot we played Monday Night Football. It feels like an eternity ago that we played on Monday night. But, I mean, I'm down going into uh, the MetLife Bowl. I mean, it's always a fun time. Medlife Bowl, you know, you got neighbor against neighbor. You sometimes you got like households are divided. It's always it's always a fun time. But this year's Medlife Bowl, I mean, it's against two bad teams. And I tweeted out like this game could be hilariously bad at some points because the Jets. Who knows what the Jets are doing? But the Giants, I mean, they they're capable of winning. But sometimes they just don't play all the way through. But it's just it's just a fun time. And then this is really to me the only other important game of the whole year. If we don't beat the Jets. Now, I don't know, man. This is the game the Giants have to win. Because the playoffs, they're, they're, there's no hope for them. We have to beat the Jets to at least have some form of victory this year. Yeah, so we'll get into the Jets preview later. Uh, I think I'm going to put the Let's Go to War song right in the middle of the episode, baby. We're just gonna pit, it's going to be like a two-for-one episode. Anyways, but I, I wanted to make sure to clean up some stuff from the Cowboys game. Because I think there's a lot worth cleaning up that we didn't cover on, the, on, on Tuesday's show. First, you know, the red zone uh, struggles were, like, the biggest storylines. Like, how come we can't convert in the red zone? Man, and you know what's crazy, Danny, is we were kind of labeled as, like, Daniel Jones truthers. Like, oh, all you do, you just – you love everything Daniel Jones does. And I feel like I've been, like, so critical. It's like I almost – like, I feel bad almost because, like, you're my guy, Daniel Jones. But I'm just being critical. Like, I'm pointing out his mistakes. And you know what? There was mistakes uh, on Monday night. Um, in the red zone, um, one of the third and goals, there there was a, a, a open uh, Evan Ingram on a corner out. It was almost like the same. It was close to the same play that his first touchdown in the preseason against the Jets was, where he should have made that throw. He should have had the balls to make that throw, and I think it would have been like a pretty standard touchdown. He doesn't make that throw, um, and then he goes. Uh, the other third and goal, or there's three of them, another third and goal, Danny was, uh, the one where he kind of like rolled out to the side and Saquon was sitting there and he eventually just ran. He had Slayton just sitting there one-on-one. I don't understand why. Like Slayton's our guy who has is, who is won those jump foul battles this year, who has the 40-and-a-half-inch vertical jump. 
I don't know why he just didn't give him a shot. He just kind of, you know, ran to the ground and, and uh, like, wasn't going to get the first. And then the other one was uh, a, a decent blitz and stunt by the Cowboys, and the O-line didn't pick it up. It was it looked to me like it was on Jalapio. So, like, I just wanted to clean up, like, those three third goals. And it's like, it, it really wasn't play, like, like a caller. Like, it was kind of on Daniel Jones, and, like, and he, didn't, he didn't pull the trigger twice, which is – you know, that's like unlike him. He's usually someone that's, you know, willing to pull that trigger. Um, but like I said, I I, I don't want to be overcritical of Daniel Jones, though, because these these are like rookie mistakes, you know. So, and you know, they're, they're the fumbles and all that, like, they're rookie mistakes. And I was, I was even talking to somebody today that is not a Giants fan. And I was like, you know what? I was like, I'm really not worried about him at all. But there is mistakes. He's a rookie. He's making mistakes. It's stuff that will get cleaned up. And you know what, Danny? Sorry, I'm, I'm I'm ranting and not letting you talk. But after the Arizona game, it's like you know he's got to learn to pick and choose and, and find those checkdowns. He did it against Detroit, so like he's it's just a learning from week to week to week. He's got to get better, um, and I I fully believe that he will. That that's the problem. Like as, as sometimes like New York fans, we forget that he's a rookie, and we just in general sometimes we get players are rookies. They're gonna have rookie mistakes, and while we expect nothing but the best, we're gonna have to deal with that. We had Eli Manning, who was a who turned out to uh, for what, seven sixteen years. Eli Manning, he did a. We didn't have to deal with so much rookie mistakes, and now when we had to deal with rookie mistakes, we think it's the end of the world. He's a bust. He's not gonna succeed in this league. We just have to tone it down. Obviously. We all know he has issues protecting the ball. The red zone offense this week was apparently a major issue. It really wasn't past weeks. And then uh, decision-making. I feel like he's improved his decision-making. He has checked it down when he needs to check it down. He's not forcing the ball. Now you may say, oh, but he forced that ball at the half uh, before the half. I was like, yeah, that was a poor mistake. But once again, he, I love he, the he people. Has... I, sorry, I, I hate to – I, I love the revisionist history on that decision to, like, Try and score there. Like, I put out a post. I put out a tweet. like, you got to go for it. Lots of likes on it. And they go for it. It's like, you got to play it safe. You're getting the ball. It's like, bull crap. Like, you know that people would have been on the other side if they just ran it three times and, and went into the half. Uh, and they're like, There's a whole, but it was a bad play call by Shermer. It's like, was it? Was it a, like, was the play call, hey, Daniel Jones, throw in the double coverage and Darius Slayton, don't get yeah. your head down. Yeah. Like was that? The, if you think that was a play call, then I then I agree with you. Bad play call. But the play call wasn't. Hey, Daniel Jones, you got cover three. Throw the double coverage. Yeah. Slayton, Slayton, don't get your head around on the play. That I'm, I'm pretty confident that wasn't the play call. And plus, when you think about it, Pat Sherman's been aggressive in these situations all throughout the year. He's not going to be conservative. When he has an opportunity to go out there and get points, he's going to get points. But also, we have to remember. Guess what? A learning experience for Daniel Jones. Run the two-minute drill. Now, maybe this was Daniel Jones' like year five. Maybe there wouldn't be this much aggression. But since it's his rookie year, get him in those two-minute drills. Have him run this offense. It's We all know Shermer was not the issue in this game. Now, we def, I said some things that were – I'm trying to think of the word. It was very hot takey, if you want to say it like that. I, I think we both were – we were frustrated. We recorded right after the game. It was like 11.40 or something at night. We were frustrated that the Giants lost that game. We, we had to stay up and record. So we were, we said things that we were going to take back, and we're, we're, we're changing some of our narratives from Monday's show. So we just the main thing is we have to understand Daniel Jones is a rookie, and we're going to have to deal with these mistakes, and it will get better. As, as you mentioned, he, he made the checkdown decisions. That's a problem we said he had, and he's made the adjustment. And on that fumble play, which he had the ball knocked out, 
he, he tried to tuck it away. I'll give him credit. He he tucked it away. He tried his best, but just it was like just the angle that the helmet hit like his elbow or something, and the ball just popped out. So he did his best to protect it, but unfortunately it was fumbled, and now all we have in our mind is that his ball secure is an issue. While it is, he made an attempt, and that's something he really had it done on his past fumbles, like that one in the Dallas game, his very first time. He didn't make any attempt to hold that ball. He just went for it, and it fumbled. So it's it's we just had to deal with the ups and downs of Daniel Jones. And, like, like, now people are, like, completely thrown away that Detroit game. He had a great Detroit game. He didn't have the best of Dallas games, but he made good decisions here and there. He made a poor decision, but once again, he's a rookie, and he's going to learn from all of this. Yeah, and there, and there's criticism that we had of Pat Sherman. Like, and, I, and I clarified. I was like, listen, I, I do criticize Pat Sherman. I'm just not freaking out. Um, like, I will say, this bothered me. The, with six minutes to go on fourth down, and we didn't go for it. We're down two possessions. So you got to go for it there. I, he, he seems so inconsistent with that, kind of, with like those kind of things. Like And the screen call as well. Yeah. Um, uh, that actually leads me to a good point, though, because take one had the 68-yard screen pass. And I've been seeing this narrative. It's like the Carolina like does so many things to get stuff open for Chris McCaffrey. They make it easy for him. They make him a focal part of the offense. Like it's – Chris McCaffrey is always open, and they have him running routes. Pat Shermer doesn't do that. Well, one, and I saw someone make a good point, Greg Olson, remember he was commentating on the Cardinals game? Remember he said? He's like, this Giants offense uses stuff from Carolina. So uh, we're using some of the same things uh, like that Carolina does with McCaffrey. And Greg, not like Greg, Greg Olson is literally on the team now, so like, he knows what plays are being ran. Uh, and two, uh, I saw Saquon run wheel routes on Monday night. I saw him run arrow routes. I saw him run out routes. I saw him line up wide. And I saw him take a screen past 68 yards. And to be honest, I don't think he's fully healthy because he wasn't on the field the next three plays because of that. Um, and he just looked like he wasn't hitting the hole as hard. As, like, he, like, I understand he had a big play, but he just doesn't look that like uh, fully healthy to me. And you want to know something? Saquon and, and McCaffrey's like yards per catch uh, average is separated by 0.2 yards. So I know this point has been repeated that Carolina, Carolina does this. You know what it is? Is you, we see the highlights from the Carolina game. We don't watch the whole Carolina game. You're seeing the highlights. You're seeing these big plays from McCaffrey. Um, I watched that London game against Tampa. Guess what McCaffrey's like uh, best best catch was? It was a, just a check down. He, he juked two people and went 30 yards for a touchdown. wasn't some crazy scheme. It was just him making a good play. So I just feel like we, we forget that the whole world doesn't revolve around the Giants and we see highlights of other things. And it's like that doesn't tell the whole story. Yeah, if you look around the league, Saquon, he's being used more than some running backs. And you hit it on the head. The guy's coming off a high ankle sprain, and I'm with you. I don't think he's fully healthy. He he seems very hesitant at times. While that Detroit game, he didn't seem hesitant. Maybe it just spurred up a little bit before this game, and it was just a little sore. We don't know what's going on with Saquon. He's not going to tell us, yeah, I'm injured. He, he I mean, I think he, for some reason, he, like, mentioned something on, like, that when he was being interviewed by, like, Moss Young and uh, on Monday Night Countdown that, like, his ankle still is, like, fully there. But still, he's getting used, and it's just up to Daniel Jones if he wants to pass it to him. It's But when he's running, and he just got shut down that Dallas game, and the difference is between us and Carolina, Carolina, they they try everything with Christian McCaffrey. Like, he's their focal point of their offense. He's out there, like, every snap pretty much. Saquon, he gets breaks because 
he's a normal human being. I don't know. Carolina's just running Christian McCaffrey into the ground. So, yeah, and that's the thing. Weren't we all worried about uh, us running Saquon into the ground on a losing season? Yeah. And he's getting like, he's getting touches too. It's not, I saw somebody come, he's like, Saquon needs to be getting 15 plus touches a game. It's ridiculous. Like, he needs to be getting 15 plus touches a game. I went and looked at the numbers, Danny. Guess who's getting 15 plus touches every single game? Uh, Saquon, Saquon Barkley. So it was like we're just, we're just spouting off, and then we moved That's the goalposts. It's like, well, that, this, and that. Um, and you know, like I don't want to, you know, this season's lost. I don't want us to run Saquon to the ground. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a rebuilding year, and you know, I think Pat Shermer has, and this is just a guess. I think David Gettman's told him, like, listen, man, like you don't have to go out and coach for your job every week. Like the season's over, we're rebuilding. Like, don't lose your mind. Don't run Saquon into the ground. I, I don't know. I, like, I'm literally guessing with that. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that's – I don't really have anything else on the offense. I, I think Jones missed some guys. He made some really good plays, but I think he did miss some guys. Um, he even on the um, the play before the touchdown, he missed a wide-open Benny Fowler. I mean, a wide-open Benny Fowler. And the, his eyes should have been – That's rare. Um, yeah, and that was, that was a play they ran at Duke, too. Remember Coach Cutcliffe did that, that film room for us? Like yeah. that play was on there. It was the play. It was the like a a, a a fake RPO, if that makes any sense. It's a fake RPO at the two yard line, and your slot guy runs a slant. If that safety and linebacker uh, pull in, you got to hit that slant, and it was there, and he didn't hit it. So there was guys open that Jones just didn't hit on Monday night. So like, and that's that's rookie stuff. Yeah, and also since I want to mention, this was really the f- the first Monday, uh, first game where it really feels like the read option. Daniel Jones took it himself. He did not take it that many times when the read option, if it was ran in the past. So it, it was another thing the Giants added to Jones Arsenal and the Cowboys. They took advantage of the. Co- I think the Cowboys were still at the mindset almost that like it's Eli Manning for a, a majority of the game because Daniel Jones, when he was able to run it, he had a whole lot of room to run. Is like they're like, oh god, he's a, he can, he can't run. So this offense, it's. It's still coming. I wouldn't. We still haven't seen this offense with all their weapons. Uh, now most of them are there, but we are without Sterling Shepard. So, and I don't. We. I, I'm not expecting to see him for the rest of the year. But this offense, it has the talent to win. It's just something. Some, something just isn't clicking every once in a while. And I truly believe this offense next year will be great. It's just can they figure out why they can't finish the game? Because that the, that first qu- first two quarters of Dallas, they were getting they were getting drives going. Obviously, it ended in field goals, but they got down into the red zone. Why does this all of a sudden stop happening in the second half? That this offense just falls apart. They can't get consistent drives going. That's something that we don't have an answer to. At least I don't have an answer to. And that's something they're gonna have to find out this Sunday against the Jets, and they're gonna have to figure that out going into the bye. Because even after the bye, they're still. A whole month of December of football, and there's still at least two weeks in November left. So they they still got to figure this out because there's still plenty of football left to be played. And I know some people are like, "Oh, get a good draft pick." I don't. I, at this point, I just want wins. I I'm past draft picks. I just want to have a winning Sunday for one day and be happy talking to you after a game because I've not been happy talking to you after a loss, five straight losses. Wow. I'm frustrated. No offense, wow. Bobby. Yeah. Wow. It's it's hard it's hard in these streets, but Giants wins. I'm like like it's like it's like a drug. You need a win. We haven't gotten a win, and we're craving that right now. I know, I know. We we need our fix. Um, the other thing I wanted to move to the defense real quick. The other thing, Jalen Smith is so freaking good. He had a better performance than any defenders had against the Giants all year. Better than Shaq Barrett. Better than Stephen Gilmore, or Stephon Gilmore. 
he was a beast, man. Like, he had a huge role in this game. And that leads me to my next point as we switch over to the defense, some of the cleanup. Ogletree and David Mayo suck. Ogletree's not... Ogletree is what he is at this point. He's going to have games where he's he's making plays, and there's going to have games where he's just, like, lost and horrible out there. That's what Dallas... Like, when Zeke, like, said, like, oh, it was the easiest 140 yards he's ever gotten, he wasn't joking. It was. There was holes wide open. They ran that outside zone all game. And what the difference was is that they could constantly block Mayo and Ogletree. They could constantly seal them off. Where on, like, the other side, Aruline could never seal off Lee and, and Smith. Just constantly. And that's why, like, people have come at me for saying, like, I think David Mayo kind of sucks. Like, he gets uh, some tackles, and when he's, like, the number two, to, like, an aggressive guy in Connerly, like, he has some good moments. But I think David Mayo sucks. I think Tay Davis is better than him. Tay Davis has better qualities than him, and I think I even said this on Tuesday's show, but David Mayo is just not a good middle linebacker. He should not be a starter for a team. And I get that injuries are part of this with Ryan Connerly on, but, like, Tay Davis should not have moved on to keep David Mayo around. David Mayo's not a good football player. I don't care how many tackles he, he racks up. David Mayo, yeah, you're right. He's not the best football player. And we, we still very much differ on the Tay Davis thing. I'm still a firm believer that we should have kept B.J. Goodson. Obviously, he went to the Packers. Now, he's not doing much with the Packers. But I still feel like he would be a better option than Tay Davis and David Mayo. But we're stuck with – if we had Ron Connolly, we wouldn't be having this conversation. But unfortunately, an injury happened. Now, it's a deal with David Mayo. And Alec Ogletree, I, I, he, he – he gets the job done at times. He has mistakes here and there, but he's still a quality middle linebacker for Giants, what we've had over the past few years. It's going to be very interesting to see how the Giants handle that position in the offseason, whether they trade Ogletree, do they cut him, do they just keep him and pair him with Connolly. That's a position that we'll have to watch in the offseason. I feel like maybe the Giants, if they are going to get someone, I don't expect a free agency pick. I feel like that would be a draft choice because you want to have a young guy to pair with Connolly because they want to get that Vanderesh-Jalen Smith combo. Obviously, you're not going to find another Jalen Smith in the draft, I feel like. He was just a gem, even after that whole knee injury he had at uh, Notre Dame. So they just got to get the uh, – I as I said, I feel like uh, Ryan Connolly is our late in Van Der Esch. Now, I'm not saying he's as good as Van Der Esch, but he's like our comparing version, and we need to find a uh, Jalen Smith for Ryan Connolly. And I feel like there's got to be someone out there in this draft that could pair well with him, but – yeah, the, the linebacker position has been a problem for years for the Giants. And while Ogletree, it felt like a good sign at the time, he hasn't blown anyone away. And he's had his games here and there. But, like, 27, uh, 2018 was his best year. 2017, it's been a down year for Alec Ogletree. Yeah, um, I thought Ballantyne had some good moments. Obviously, he had some bad ones, but I thought Ballantyne had a good, some good moments. Uh, Baker did not have a good game, but let's re- – we were all talking about how good Baker has been since week two. He's he's fine. He's learning. He had a bad game. Bench him. Yeah. Uh, and we'll, we'll get into that in mailbag. Anything else? Anything else, Danny, before we, we head to mailbag? Uh, I'm trying to think. I can't think of anything else. I think we covered anything. I mean, I mean, oh, I said I said this to you before we started. I just want to give Antoine Buffet a credit. This is his best game as a giant. So that's good not you, saying Antoine that's Buffet. that's not, that's not saying very much. much. I know, it's, but it's still it was baby steps for Antoine Buffet, and this was like a very little step. I mean, I guarantee you, this Sunday we're gonna be like ranting on Antoine Buffet, but small steps, Antoine, small steps. All right, let's take a quick break, and we'll get into the mailbag. 
All right, so a lot of people are starting podcasts today. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Their creation tools allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will, di- will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one play. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. You'll be glad you did. Mail time. The mail's here. Come on. Bye, guys. Here's the mail. It never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. And thanks, Steve, from Blues Clues. Danny, let's get into the mail. First question comes from Jeff Boyd at underscore the Boyd. Got a little wordplay there. The Boyd wonder. <laughs> yes. Yes. What's your guys' takes on Williams? Do you think he's in here for the long haul? Uh, he better be. Or else we're gonna have a we're gonna have a major problem. Yeah. Well, there's a report yeah. that they want to lock him up for before Thanksgiving or at least by Thanksgiving. So he's here for the long haul. No, Giants did not trade for a guy enter free agency in a lost year just to have him walk. If they do, that Dave Gelman, I want to get checked out by every doctor known to mankind, and then I want him fired right after that. Yeah, that would be like, like you know, there's definitely some like hits on on Gelman's record more so in free agency. But that would be the one room, like, that's just unacceptable. Like, you traded pieces away and you didn't bring them back. So, yeah, I, I 100% guarantee that he'll be back for the long haul. Um, and then as far as the Cowboys game, I thought he had good moments. But overall, I thought he had not a very good game. Travis Fedrick pancaked him on one play. Um, so, and I, you know, I was, I was an advocate for the trade. And I'm not, like, saying I'm not anymore. But I will say I wasn't really impressed with him from Dallas. Although was, there was some a few fa- a, a few flash plays. I wasn't expecting at least me personally to go out there and jump off. Like I was like, it's his first game. He's gonna have to get the feeler. I mean, this uh, he's gonna have an opportunity to go out there and hit Sam Darnold. I mean, I expect him to lay the load on good old Sam. That he's probably gonna get a rough in the passer call knowing Leonard Williams. He got one on on Dak Prescott when he actually like pile drived him into the ground. So. Good old Leonard Williams. I, yeah, if he's not here for a long haul. Oh, boy. Next question comes from A. Mall. He has Mall Season 11. He has Will Gellman go after big names in free agency. Uh, he he hasn't really gone after big names. Well, he hasn't had the money th- for the past years of Giants. He hasn't really gone out there, even with Carolina, it feels like, and got big-name guys. He's more of a builder. Solder was the only one. Yeah, Solder. But, like, that was because he desperately needed a left tackle. But... I expect him at least to get one decent big name defensive guy. At least that's just my thoughts. But I feel like he's still focused on building this team up through the draft because that's what you do now. Free agency is for the fillers. If you just for like a few needs here and there, but draft is where you need to build up your team because that's gonna be the core of your team for hopefully years to come. Because look at the look at the teams around the league. Draft picks are their foundation. Look at the Giants. They have like there's no draft picks on this roster from 2015, 2016. Eli Apple's gone. Uh, I can't think of anyone uh, else. Ever heard of Zach Dayasi? Zach Day, well, yeah, sorry, Zach Dayasi. What a living legend. Well, that guy's never going to retire. I refuse to believe he's going to be long snap for us when he's eighty years old. But yeah, you you build your team for the draft, and that's how you build for later success. Yeah, I, I don't see us going after a big name. Uh, I remember we did we talked about free agency twenty twenty free agency in the offseason. We went through the list, and there wasn't a lot of big names. The only guys were like. Clowney, who I expect the Seahawks to resign. 
Um, Tyler Taylor Conklin or Tyler Conklin, um, the tackle from Tennessee. Don't fall for that. Do not fall for that. Jack Conklin. Jack Conklin. Yeah, the guy from Michigan State. Don't fall for that. Uh, I don't see that happening. I I don't. I I would have to watch him more before I could say definitive. Um, But I I don't know how good he is. Uh, No, I I I don't see us going out and getting like giving out the biggest contract. I could see us spending like maybe eight to ten mil on one guy on, on maybe a shorter deal. Um, you know, someone maybe in the middle of the linebacker role or some or something. I, I'm I don't know. It's hard to say without looking at the list. Um, and r- honestly, right now, I'm not willing to go look at the 2020 free agency list. Yeah, there's. I expect uh, Gelman to at least pick up one big name guy, but yeah, and that Conklin, the tie is not picking up his fifth year option. It's a big red flag to me. Next question comes from William Jamerson uh, at William. Uh, or is it Jamarson? Jamarson? I'm I suck at names. You Jamerson. Jamerson. Thank you. Thank you. Question for the podcast: How close is Sam Beal to taking the field for? How close is Sam Beal to taking the field for consecutive snaps? That that's a question because I expected the Giants to trade Jenkins, and that's where I expected uh, Beal to be slotted in. Now that Jenkins is still here, I don't know where they'll slot him in because he's not a slot corner. Uh, DeAndre Baker, I know people are saying he sucks and they want to get benched, but he's a rookie. You expect struggles. I don't know where they're going to fit Sam Beal in. Obviously, I think he'll get special teams roles, and, I mean, he's been activated. I just don't – maybe they wrote, do, like, a few rotations with him and Baker, but you want Baker to get all these snaps because we all we all got angry when Hamilton and Baker were doing the uh, – were rotating in and out. Obviously, that's because <laughs> Baker was – that was his first game. But still, we, we were furious then. But I now, want to see the rookie go out there and struggle and let him yeah, learn. Yeah, and well, then he struggles, and it's like he needs to sit on the bench and learn. Yeah, well, look, I, I literally just summed up Giants in uh, Twitter. We literally, week one, we were complaining that he was rotating in and out of uh, Hamilton. Now, when he's struggling after we, you said we wanted to see him do the play in these games, we're now saying let's have him rotate in and out or let's just bench Baker entirely. We make no sense as a Twitter. We, we, <laughs> we, we, I, Giants, I have never been this That really is the best example of it. Yeah. It, it, everyone is saying that now. And not, I don't, I don't, yeah, not everyone, most, not everyone. Most people aren't saying DeAndre Baker needs a sit, but there is a good yeah. handful of people saying that. If you're listening to this, you know who we're, you know, we're talking about you, but it's, it's just, we're just frustrated. Why can't we just stick to one point? Obviously, opinions change. But that's not an opinion that should change when we want to see our rookie corner. I just don't know where Sam Beal is going to play. He will get playing time. I don't doubt that. It's just where. And maybe one game they're just like, let's let's just put Sam Beal in to start the game a little bit. We'll put Baker in. They could do that. It's just I just don't know where they'll play him because the cornerback position is so full right now. Yeah, I, I don't see him getting in unless injury. Unless the only way without injury is towards the end of the season. And they're like, hey, Janoris, we want to see this guy play. We're going to give him some series. But I I don't see them, like, flat out starting him. So maybe towards the end of, like, the last couple games. But right now, I just don't – I don't see any time in the next few weeks him getting – forget consecutive snaps, not even, like, one snap uh, as, like, a top three corner. He could come in on, like, a dime package or something. But, yeah, I I just don't see it happening at this point. Yeah, it's it's gonna be interesting to see how they handle that. Next question comes from Maurice Ryan at Brian Gold seventeen. He asks, "Is it better for D- Danny to keep Shermer or hire a new head coach?" See, I I posted what I said on to our Monday, our Tuesday show about how 
get rid of Patrick. I use the example of uh, Sam Darnold and Adam Gase, how Sam Darnold is very much struggling with Adam Gase. I said, if we get rid of Shermer and bring in a new guy, maybe this could be what happened to Jones. I feel like changing the head coach so soon into a rookie's career is harmful, and I did I had a lot of disagreements with that. So while everyone has had their opinion, I, I do believe firing Shermer will will hurt Daniel Jones' development because look at Eli. He had Tom Coffin for all those years, and that really helped him settle into a new head coach. So I believe, well, I was talking about it, like I feel like if the Giants lose to the Jets on Sunday, that it could recreate a, the hot, the see for Shermer will warm up a little bit more. I do believe, someone said to me that Gettleman and Daniel Jones are tied together. While that is true, I still believe Pat Shermer is tied with Daniel Jones because I, I truly believe if you fire your head coach with your rookie quarterback, it will stunt their growth. And I will use that Sam Darnold and Adam Gates example till the day I die. Because Sam Darnold has very much struggled with Adam Gase, while he did not he play he didn't play amazing under top Bowles. D- Sam Darnold looked much more capable with Bowles than he did with Gase. So that's my thoughts on that, Bobby. What what are your thoughts? Uh, if you can find a, a better head coach, then yeah. But I don't. You know, we've done the whole should Shermer get fired or not. I think Shermer's a good coach, um, but like you got to like can't like a lot of people say Mike McCarthy. That's just because that's the name that is familiar. Um, anyways, yeah, I, I think Shermer's stake. That's basically what, that, that's all I'm going to say on it. All right, next question comes from Zach Mahoney, at Zach underscore Mahoney 2. Yes, is Pat Shermer's run scheme maximizing our offensive linemen's talents? Uh, yeah, I mean, they're just struggling, really. I mean, they sold her. Who knows what they sold her's doing over there. Hernandez, I feel like he's played fine. Uh, I, I've been, yeah, he's been playing fine. Jalapio. Uh, I'm intrigued to see how Pulley and uh, Hernandez and Zeidler perform because Jones probably with their own training camp, he was working mainly with uh, Pulley because he was the second string center. So I feel like their chemistry will already be developed because when he went in there with Jalapio, he was just thrown in there and they had to build their chemistry together. Pulley and him already have it. So I feel like Pat Schirmer, his run scheme is maximizing our offensive line as talents. It's just they just can't get a push, really. And Solder's struggling. Hernandez hasn't blown anyone away. He's played great. Not great. He's played good, but he just hasn't blown anyone away. Zeidler, his shoulder injury is definitely hampering his abilities to play because he's had penalties these past few weeks that he never had with Cleveland. And Remmers, he's playing fine. He's playing better than I would have expected him to, but now he uh, has that back injury, so he may not even play on Sunday. So I'm intrigued to see if I'll buy. I'm ranting right now. That's just focusing on next uh, this Sunday. What do you think? Uh, I think Saquon's been good. I I do think he's a little banged up, but for you know this season he's averaging four point six yards per carry, um, and that was like six yards per carry before before the injury. Um, and I do think the injury has played some role. Uh, he didn't. We didn't run really any outside runs against Dallas. I think that was because of how good. Uh, Jalen Smith and Sean Lee were. I really think that was a game plan thing. That's why there's so many runs up the middle um, is because of how good those two are. Uh, and there was a couple outside runs. It's just Saquon cut them back. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not going to say pretend, pretend I'm, like I'm some expert of the run scheme. Everyone references San Francisco, and I'm actually going to take some time in the offseason and get together with somebody and I'm going to have them like show me what San Francisco does that's different. I've seen a couple of plays here and there, but I want to see what they consistently do. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's honestly, it's, I don't want to like just spout and say, yes, it's great without me knowing. Um, but I haven't seen like anything that's been like horrible in the run game. 
Speaking of San Francisco, I'm looking forward to that Monday night game because one, I just want to see because I watched them on Thursday night, but this is a true test for them to see how good they are. See, I got Seattle live. You do? Yeah. Uh, it, it's really tough, but obviously, I think Seattle's going to pull it off. Russell Wilson is so good. I, he's my MVP from what I from the little bit I watched him. He's just well. Daniel so Jones is my MVP. Yes, of course, Daniel Jones. Yes, of course, but okay. that's just. That's gonna be good. It was so annoying. Once again, we're going back to Monday night right here. You could tell how so excited they were for that game, and they really didn't care about Giants Cowboys. That was the same with us last year because after Giants 49ers, they had Chiefs Rams, and they were pushing that game. And then they're like, but we got Giants Niners. Is like, we don't care about this game. And they clearly didn't care about Giants Cowboys because they wanted 49ers Seahawks. Uh, next question is up from Zach again. He asked, how detrimental would it be? To all the rookie divas, the players they fire, better and bring in a new coordinator. I, I like him, but complicated system will take a few years to come together. Will front office give him the time it takes? The Leonard Williams. Can I start this? Where has this like James Betcher apologist tour came from? I I, I yeah. blows my mind. Like for yeah. like the one thing we've been the strongest for. Everyone's like, you know what, James Betcher just doesn't have the pieces to do it. Yeah. Like I don't know. It's like maybe he's just be like we're getting beat anyway, so why not be aggressive with it? I, I, like I can't, my mind is blown with this, um, and I'm like, it's crazy. Everyone wants everybody gone, and then James Betcher, the one guy who I've been like super critical of, everyone's like, you can't really blame him. Like I don't know, I think you can. Like I get that our secondary isn't amazing, and it's hard to leave them in man coverage. But you know what else is hard to do? Leave them in zone coverage and have them get torn up, and have Anton Bethea get passes thrown underneath him all freaking game long, and have him play. 30 yards back and just sit in the middle of the field instead of picking a side and going and covering it. Uh, I'm not a big fan of Betcher. Maybe it can get like all put together with Leonard Williams. Um, I don't know. We'll see as the season goes on, but yeah, I, I as far as the question, um, he said, how would it you know, be in the defensive players if they fire Betcher and bring a new coordinator? Um, it depends who they bring in and what kind of guy they bring in. Uh, you know, if they change to a four or three, it could be some things. Cause then you got to, got got to shuffle, uh, you got to shuffle players because you have all these like these four interior D linemen with 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 Dex, Dalvin, Leonard Williams, and B.J. Hill, and then you got Lorenzo Carter and Golden, or maybe not Golden. He's going to be a free agent. You got Lorenzo Carter, O'Shane Zimenez on the edge. So you got like a lot of guys who are trying to fit in the one spot, and you don't really have those outside linebackers that would go for four. I don't know. Um, I I don't know, and I don't. I'm really I, I really have no clue if Betcher's going to be gone or not either. I. I I really would have a whole, I think it's a coin flip at this point. I was saying James Petcher is going to be the fall guy that they get rid of. Yeah, and I'm with you. I've been wanting James Petcher's fire, and now everyone's uh, really – he's the one that everyone's defending. I'm like, wait, 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 wait. Why are you defending – like, I, I feel like we should be defending the head coach, the guy. If, if, you're, if you like Petcher, but you don't like Shermer, Shermer brought in Petcher. It, it, Giants, Giants Twitter, it's a, it's a fantastic place. But – the trading of Leonard Williams made me think. I'm like, they're gonna bring him back, aren't they? Because I feel like James Betcher very much had an input on this. They're like, hey, we got this talented defensive player that we could possibly get. Will he fit in your scheme? And he's like, yeah. Well, obviously, I feel like he would have said that anyway. But it really makes you wonder if bringing Leonard Williams in does that signal signal that Betcher could be back? I th- yes, the scheme he. His scheme has, is complicated, especially for rookie players to understand. So maybe the second year they'll come out and dominate. But I'm not sure because it's such like hindsight. Like right now, we're like maybe keep him and it'll help our rookie players develop. But say the 2020 season rolls around and our defense is just as bad, we're like, oh, we made a mistake for keeping him. So 
we we won't know really. This offseason is going to be fascinating in so many aspects of what they do with coaching. Well, do they keep Shermer? Do, does sure he make changes? I just, it's going to be such a fun offseason, and that's why I'm really looking forward to covering it. Obviously, we still have plenty of games to play, but we we're talking about this offseason is just going to be it's just such a fascinating offseason to talk about New York Giants football with. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. Um, all right. That's it for mailbag, but we got a little bit of Jets preview. Let's go to war. I don't know what you had in mind, but here we stand on opposing sides. Let's go to war. Let's go to war! The MetLife Bowl is here. Danny, for a game that has a combined three wins out of the two teams, I feel like this is pretty important. One, it's the MetLife Bowl. We only get this once every four years besides the preseason. It's bragging right for the next four years. Uh, You know, you have to beat the other team that lives in your stadium. You got Leonard Williams versus old team. We got the whole Sam Darnold over – or Saquon over Sam Darnold debate. Daniel Jones versus Sam Darnold, who's the better QB debate. Um, both these coaches are on the hot seat, Adam Gase a lot more than Pat Shermer. Um, I feel like this is actually kind of like a low-key important game, maybe for the fans more than the teams. Yeah, this is this is the last important game on the Giants' schedule, unless somehow they just go on like a stupid miraculous run. This is the only other important game that the Giants need to win because you cannot, I mean not, let the Jets beat us, especially the state they're in. Uh, we lost, if I'm correct, the last MetLife Bowl we lost to the Jets. And that was that was a hurtful one because I believe we lost on a field goal. That, that was, was to Fitzpatrick. He had that drive yeah. at the very end of the game. Freaking Fitzpatrick. Hate that guy. We get to see him when we play the Dolphins. But that's weeks away. You got to beat the Jets. There is the, the preseason. If you lose in the preseason, like, yeah, all right, we lost at a preseason. But you must. When you play in the regular season, it is a must win. And yeah, I'm with you. I, I this this game, if the Giants lose, who knows what could happen? Dave Gellin may just have a change of heart, say Pat Shermer at the end of the offseason. In the offseason, he may Pat Shermer get out. And Adam Gase, who knows what he's doing in uh, with the Jets? So we we it's a must win. You there's no excuse to lose this game. This is the game where I expect everyone to be on their A game because if you don't win this game. You're going to hear it from the fans. You're probably going to hear it from your coaches. You're going to hear it from yourself. You will not be able to live this down that you lost to the 1-7 Jets and their quarterback that sees Ghost. He sees Ghost, and we, we may lose to him. The problem is I'm very nervous of this game because there's still the whole possibility the Giants could lose this game. I hate to say that, but we could lose this game. That, that's a problem to me. Yeah, it, it really is important. Just I want to record a win, um, a winning up. So it's been a while. It's been a while. Uh, now we have some injuries. Ingram, sore foot. It, it seems like he's going to be out. 
Halapio, I, I can almost guarantee he's going to be out. Remmers didn't practice today, but I'm expecting him to play because I think he was out there for the the, the Tuesday walkthrough um, or the Wednesday walkthrough, excuse me. Let's talk about Halapio and Pulley first. A lot of people were pulling, um, no no pun intended, for Pulley to start anyways this week. Halapio is coming off his worst game. Uh, and I think that the Jalapio criticism was a little overblown. Now, this ba- this last game against Dallas was really bad. But besides, before that, I feel I, he got the the blame for some things that weren't his fault. I don't think he played great. But he also he wasn't playing as bad as people made him out to be. That being said, I think nine weeks into the season, and he, had, like, he hasn't shown that he's going to be the center for the long term, you might as well give Pulley, uh, even without the injury, the shot because he's younger. He's locked up uh, for the next three, two years after this. And he has more experience. So, yeah, I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing Pulley out there and seeing what he can do. My guy Spencer Pulley. I was pulling for him. Haha, you see what I did there? No pun intended. Uh, you I literally won. just had the pun. The pun was intended. It, it was. I'm not going to lie to myself. I very much intended that pun. I'm proud of that one. But I, I was... I was rooting for him to win that job. Obviously, Jalapio won, and I was fine with Jalapio winning. But I'm a Pulley fan, and I believe he'll go out there and win this starting center job. Because as I said somewhere in this show, during the training camp, Daniel Jones, his center that he was working with was Spencer Pulley. So there, there's there, I don't believe there should be a, a warming period. Obviously, they're going to get used to each other real game action, but they know each other well enough that I expect them to go out there and just have a game. Uh, I, I'm intrigued to see how this benefits Hernandez, and uh, mainly Hernandez, because if you remember, the Giants' offensive line was good when it was Pulley at center. So maybe that will maybe help Hernandez out. I'm not sure how much it'll help out Zeidler, but I dig will benefit Hernandez as well. So I'm intrigued to see how the center position works down the right tackle. Shermer said it was game soreness for Remmers with his back, but let's say he doesn't play. And, and, and I'm of the mindset right now that he's not. That's just me. Nick Gaze, I, I was high on him. You were high on him. This is a real chance to go out there and say, do we have our right tackle on our team right now? I believe they said he could go out there and play any position on the offensive line. That's how confident the Giants coaches are in him. It's a big game for him to go out there and prove himself because we, Mike Remmers, he he's he's been good this year, but he's not he's not the long term answer. At least I believe he'll be gone after the season because I believe he'll get a nice deal somewhere else. I want to see what Nick Gates go out there and brings to us. And this is I'm not as worried as him at right tackle because Jones. I at least he'll see what's coming at him. While, while Solder, if Nick Gates on the left side, I'd be scared to death. So I'm intrigued to see how Nick Gates handled the right tackle, but I'm pumped to see uh, Poli at center. Uh, it stinks that Jalapio's injured, but unfortunately, next man up mentality, and Poli has a real opportunity to go out there and stamp stuff like, why do you pay? Well, he's not complaining that he got paid. He's going to be like, why am I on the bench? I'm the starting center of the New York football giants. Yeah, uh, Nick, yeah, Pulley, I'm, I'm definitely excited to see him just because it's kind of fresh blood. Gates, and I like Gates, and we both like Gates. I don't know how much I trust him to tackle. I do want to see him with the shot to see how good he is, but I, I like Gates, but I like him for who he is as a swing guy. Uh, in fact, I would have liked to see him, Not, no, I'm not saying over Pulley, but I would love to see what he can do at center. Like I, I really think this guy is just an offensive lineman who does everything the right way. And guys like that find themselves away in the NFL. He, but he did play tackle in college. Um, so I, I don't think he's going to play. I do think Mike Remmers is going to be out there. But if he is, I'll, I'll definitely have an eye on him to see how he does. 
Um, and Mike Rimmers is a guy who's had a good season. He had a bad game against Dallas, and there was one other game he that he was bad in. I can't remember. Um, but so I think Mike Rimmers has been a pretty good option too for the Giants this season. I, I'm not saying that's long term, but yeah, if Nick Gates plays, I'm definitely going to be keeping a, a close eye on him. Wait, don't don't get me wrong. I, I rather much have Rimmers out there, but I I just don't feel like he's going to play and. I mean, he's a tough guy, and it wouldn't shock him if he does. But Nick Gates, I got confidence in him, but I'm with you. I, it's still very shaky. I know I was, I was probably saying, I know, yeah, when people are saying bench soldier, I'm like, would you rather have Chad Slade or whoever be protecting your franchise quarterback? And now I'm out there like, put Nick Gates out there. No problem whatsoever. So, yeah, there's obviously nerves, but I believe I have faith in Nick Gates to get it done. Other guy that's probably out, Evan Ingram. Um, Man, and I kind of was telling people to relax on Evan Ingram because I don't think he was injury prone going into the season. I thought he had two, he had two injuries, you know, um, and one was like off a really bad hit off the from the Texans. And we're definitely going to pick up his fifth year option, but the more and more I look at it, if we can get a decent trade like piece for him, I don't, I wouldn't be mad at it. if we can get some kind of a, a decent deal for him um, because, like you know. He has, he does have injury problems. He's not the most consistent guy in the world. And I love him. He's a huge playmaker. And I would hate to have Daniel Jones lose him. And I want I got not I wouldn't want Red Ellison as the starter. And this might be more of an emotional take. But man, the fact that how he's you know, this is the second time this year that he's gonna you know, he's missing from a different injury. This is the fourth time in three years. I mean, it's it's becoming a point of, you know, availability is the best ability. I would disagree with it just because you said it. Daniel Jones and Evan Ingram, I feel like Daniel Jones trusts Evan Ingram, and Dan Duggan said it. He said the Giants have not brought anyone in for the game Sunday, so is that a sign that this is just a one-game thing and then after the bye, Evan Ingram will be back? Also, I don't know where this whole conversation started, but all of a sudden, last night on Twitter, I see people talk about Evan Ingram and his fifth-year option. I don't know where this came up in, but now people are saying, do we pick it up because he's injury-prone? Like, yeah, the guy's injury-prone, but if you look at the – He's such a talented player, and I know people are like, oh, but he's a wide receiver playing tight end. But just look at that boxing, the way he took that ball upfield and ran it all the way for a touchdown. He's, I believe he's a key part of this offense going forward, and while, yes, his injuries are a problem, I mean, yeah, his injuries are a problem, and that's just unfortunately who he is. He has an, He's an injury-prone guy, but this, the, the talent is there, and the— he just got to fix up something. I feel like his run blocking has improved this year. Drops are still somewhat of an issue sometimes, but it's improved, in my opinion. That uh, Cardinals game, it was bad. So I don't want him traded. I believe his fifth-year option will get picked up because that's a conversation fans are having yeah, now. His fifth-year option is 100% getting picked up. Yeah. So I, I don't want Evan Ingram gone unless he is. it just gets worse from here. He struggles to run block. He can't catch footballs. And he's just injured every, and he's just injured like every other game. Then I would want him gone, but right now in this moment, I'm not confident. I'm saying I want him gone because he's a f- key part of this offense going forward, and he's not someone I would want to lose. For it sucks losing for a game, but I would not want him off my team in general. Yeah, I think he's a great player. It's just it's just becoming like a. You know, availability is the best ability. I, I love Evan Ingram, and I, the reason I do, I wouldn't want him gone is because he is a playmaker for Daniel Jones, and, he, and 
for a young QB, you don't want to take away playmakers. Um, and I think that I think the role would have to be filled if you were to get rid of a guy. Um, but that being said, I, I don't think he plays Sunday. Um, I think Ellison can do a decent enough job. I think they'll try and run the ball. Um, and, you know, that will lead more to my giant factor. Um, that being said, I don't think there's any other injuries we need to clean up on. Is there, Danny? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, obviously, yeah, uh, Shepard, that's who knows what's going on with Shepard. But, yeah, I, I think that's all the injuries right there, yeah. All right, Danny, you know what that means. It's time for our giant factors of the week. This is where we take our X factor and we call it a giant factor because we are a New York Giants podcast. It's a little play on words for the phrase. And like I always say, I hope to not have to explain this before every time we run it. Danny, who is your giant factor for the Week 10 MetLife Bowl versus the New York Jets? I don't got one giant factor. I don't got two. Well, who is the giant factor, Danny? It's the whole team. This is the MetLife Bowl. Oh, my gosh, Danny. <laughs> this is a Twitter take when we're like, who's the giant factor? Well, like, Bobby, Daniel Jones on. and Saquon Barkley. Well, Bobby, I, when you literally said Giants factor, I'm like, crap, I don't have one. But when I sat there, I'm like, nah, it's the whole team. This is the MetLife Bowl. There, there's no reason to go out there and lose to the stinking Jets. This is this is a literal war. This is the game the Giants have to win. You gotta go out there. You gotta beat the Jets. You gotta have the bragger at your New York City. I'll list players off that need to improve their game right here, right now. Uh, DeAndre Baker. I know you're a rookie, but prove these haters wrong. Go out there. I know he he got caught in that. Uh, oh, I don't know the playbook thing, and people are like, oh, the guy sucks. You you've played well. You haven't played great, but you play well. Go out there and make a name for yourself. Uh. Who else we got? We got Cody uh, Cody Latimer. You're going to be seeing a lot of reps as well with Shepard being out. Go out there and make your name for your next contract next year. Uh, uh, Solder, what the hell are you doing out there? You're, you're doing nothing at this point. So, solidify yourself on that offensive line. I I turned off the game the moment I saw him get beat in that Cowboys game because I knew it was going to be a fumble. And the moment I saw I get picked up, I turned it off. Uh, Aldrich Rosas, I need you to make field goals. I know we missed one, but... It's been an issue now. He I, he has all the talent in the world, and I, and I still have faith in him that if the Giants need to go out there and kick a field goal, he's the guy to do it. I still have faith in him. He's got to fix a mechanic, but I believe in him. Uh, David Mayo. I, I If you listen to prior shows, I'm a fan of David Mayo, and I still believe he could be the guy. I want you to go out there and dominate. Make good, He's made good plays before. Go out there. Get, get a sack on Sam Darnold. Let, let's blitz David Mayo for one play. But... No, I have my giant factor out there ranting. It's Leonard Williams. He said this is his first. The Jets threw him away. They don't believe in him. Go out there on Sunday and beat them. Just sack, hit Sam Darnold. Show them that, like, you stand over Sam Darnold and be like, this is your franchise quarterback, and I'm the guy you just traded away, and I'm standing over your franchise quarterback against your trash off the line. He didn't have a great game against Dallas, but I expect him to go out there with that fire underneath him to go out there and just destroy the Jets off and then make their life a living nightmare. So after I just ranted, I've had to really think of who my Giants factor is. It's the whole team, really. Bobby, who's your Giants factor? You should have said it's the pride. The team pride. Right. Have pride. Um, well, I, I, well, you know, confidence, if we're winning, players' confidence are up. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> can't do that on the show. Um, all right, my Giants. All right, let me regroup. My giant factor is Golden Tate. 
Golden Tate has not been getting separation on man coverage. Now, he can find a hole in his own like nobody's business. But if you look, when they are playing man coverage, he just doesn't get separation. With Sterling Shepard out and maybe out for the season, Tate, we got to get separation. You got to be that playmaker. Now, granted, he's made some amazing catches. We saw it on Monday Night Football, that one-handed snack. Odell, whoo, that was a beast catch, and I can be excited about it now that I'm not pissed off about that game. But make it easier for Daniel Jones. If you can get open over the middle on man coverage, that makes Daniel Jones' life so much easier. It really does. Golden Tate, yeah, I love you. You're my man, but you got to be a little bit quicker in getting open in man coverage. Golden Tate, you are my giant factor of the week. Danny, it's time for game predictions. I am going Giants 77, Jets 0, MetLife Bowl champions. I like that train joke, uh, train sound right there. But also, I just remembered, I tweeted this out. That black hat best be out of the stadium. That, that black that black hat best be out of the stadium on Sunday. Cause I don't believe in that stuff, but on Sunday, I believe I on Monday, I believed in it. And someone said, Well, the Jets are the home team. Now I'm like, oh well then maybe we should keep the cat in there. But get that cat out of there. I don't want to see another cat run on the field because according to some place they have like five hundred feet line cats outside MetLife Stadium. But my prediction, Bobby, I'm gonna I'm gonna one up I'm not gonna one up you this week. I'm gonna say Giants seventy five, Jets. Negative 10 because Sam Darnold sees ghost. Oh, he might get negative 10 fancy points. He's done that before, boys and girls. All right, that's the show. We appreciate you guys. I know this one was a little longer. We wanted to get it all in the one and didn't want to rush our uh, cleanup and mailbag. We appreciate you guys. We will see you on Monday, hopefully a victory episode. Hopefully we can play the sweet victory song that we haven't gotten to play and it feels like 10 years. Until then, let's go Big Blue.